How it's happening? What is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. Appreciate you joining us on a Monday. Uh, let's get to it. Uh, every Monday we recap last week's picks. And then remember, the first Monday of every month, we recap all the picks we've given on the show. So uh, last week we gave eight plays out, a little heavier week than normal, and we ended up going six and two uh, last week. So we ended up up four units for our plays last week. Let's get into it. And we're going to go in order of the uh, the when we gave the picks on the show, not the order of the games played. I think that's easier, right? Because if you want to kind of track this with us, you just go back in order of the, of the uh, dates the shows are released. So uh, the first pick we gave out last week was a teaser in the NFL, Detroit and Kansas City. So we teased the Detroit Lions from minus six down to a pick and we teased Kansas City from plus two and a half up to uh, plus eight and a half. So that came in a winner. And if you're interested in teasers and you make a lot of teasers and you're kind of, that's something that uh, that sparks your interest, I'd go back and listen to that show because we did something kind of unique. We teased a minus six team down to a pick which you almost never do. And again, go back and listen to why that is if you missed that show, but uh, unique there. And then on the other side of that Kansas City, the plus two and a half is much more common for making that teaser up to eight and a half. So either, either way, uh, the NFL teaser came in Detroit and Kansas City. Uh, that was played on Sunday. We gave it out early in the week, but it was played Sunday. The other pick we gave early in the week for the weekend was Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool against Bournemouth. Now, this was interesting because we gave the Reds Liverpool at minus 140 with the assumption that that line was going up. I thought that would close minus 160, minus 170, and it didn't. It went the other direction. It actually closed minus 130. So, you know, we could have technically gotten a slightly better number if we waited with Liverpool. But and this is an interesting point as well because some people out there, many people think that pro bettors or people who do this for a living, they know where the lines are going to go all the time. That's not the case. Obviously, or we would have waited to bet Liverpool. I thought it was going up. I thought everyone would see what we saw, but that wasn't the case. Now, I, I think the handicap was clearly accurate, right? They won the game for nothing, really wasn't close, you know, entering the second half or into the second half. So I like the handicap. It's just the market disagreed with our assumption, and that's why I went the other way. But uh, regardless, we ended up getting the win there with Liverpool, minus 140 against Bournemouth. Uh, let's go to fr- Friday night. We actually gave a pick on Thursday. Oh, yeah, that's right, because I had my procedure on Friday. So we gave this out on Thursday for Friday night. Uh, New Jersey at the Columbus Blue Jackets. We gave the Devils minus 150, and that came in a winner as well. Um, <laughs> look, if you like betting the Devils and you're a New Jersey fan, you've realized you got to pick your spots with the Devils this year. But that was certainly one of the spots where I think they showed up on the road to Columbus. Minus 150 came in for the Devils. So we were 3-0 and heading into the weekend. And uh, on Saturday's quick picks, we gave three hockey bets. We gave the Arizona Coyotes plus 115 against Nashville. That came in a winner. We gave the uh, Winnipeg Jets minus 140 on the road at Ottawa. That came in a winner as well. And then uh, the night game on Saturday, we had the Vegas Golden Knights minus 110 against Pittsburgh. That won as well. So we were actually 6-0 and last week heading into Sunday. And then we had an 0-2 Sunday. We had the Dallas Stars minus 115 on the road with the New York Islanders. Uh, that game went to overtime and lost. And then we had the Seattle Kraken plus 115 home against Toronto. That lost as well. So 0-2 on our Sunday picks, 6-0 and on all the other picks last week. So we finished last week uh, total six wins, two losses, up four units. Now, the reason we're up four units is because we lost with one minus 115 and we lost with one plus 115. So that equals the two total units we lost and the six total units we won for a net of up four units last week. So overall, six and two, up four units. Hopefully you jumped on all those, all those games and have plenty of more winners yourself. So appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Betting Daily. Actually, hang on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I was going to wrap the show up and it's like, well, I forgot there was one more thing I want to talk about. Uh, interrupting myself there. Hang on, Tyler. We got something to say. But uh, 
I came across this really interesting statistic because obviously we're wrapping up January of 2024 and there's a lot of data that we're getting access to for last year's uh, uh, sports betting. And what it what it shows is that the UK saw a bit of a hit last year, 2023, a dip from 2022 in their sports betting revenue. Um, how much money is produced based on sports betting. And after talking to several different people in the industry, it's become more it's becoming more and more clear that what's happening is sports bettors in Europe are now jumping over to the US market to start betting their sports. And the re- the reason is simple. There's so much more uh, bad, dumb money in the American market compared to the UK market, right? We've talked about this idea before. Sports betting is a multiplayer game. A lot of you still don't realize that. You're not betting against the books. You're betting against me. You're betting against everyone else moving the line before you get to it, right? It's not you versus the sports book. It's for you versus the sports book as well as everyone who's bet before you, which is a lot of sharp syndicates, sharp professional bettors. It's hard to win long term for that very reason. And what we're seeing is a lot of these pros who have been doing this for years in the UK are now shifting to the American market because it's easier to win in. And it's funny because this may go against some of the things I've said before, right? It's like, well, hold on, Tyler. You've said before that all this dumb money is going to be bad for sports betting eventually, right? So which is it? Is it good or bad? And here's the answer. Short term, right now, it's amazing. Long term is what I'm afraid of, okay? Right now, short term, I love all the same game parlays and first touchdowns to get bet in the market because there's so much bad money. It's sort of in a way camouflages my good money. I mean, when the, U- when the United States, I have the numbers right here. The United States in 2018 had a revenue of uh, $3.3 million. <laughs> Last year, you, the United States have a re- had a revenue of over $8 billion. That is crazy, right? $8 billion in 2023, United States revenue, compared to $3 million in 2018. Okay, so in 2018, it was a lot harder for me to do what I do because I get the, the magnifying glasses on people who win so much more. When they're making hand over fist with all of these same game parlays, it camouflages me in a way. Now, I still stand out somewhat. I get banned still, you know, the same way I did before. It just happens a lot slower. I can I can last a lot longer in a new sports book compared to how I used to. The bets that I can get, the lines I can get, the prices I can get, especially in sports like hockey and soccer, where it's a lot of softer markets and people are still making those same game parlays. I love what's happening right now. I mean, it's a buffet. I, I there is so much bad money in the in the American market. It's a very, very good thing for those making good bets. So short term, right now, I love all of the uh, square money, the average money, the public money, however you want to put it, in the market, driving these prices into bettable situations. You know, I mean, you get a hockey game where you get a good team versus a bad team. And look, we don't give a whole lot of plus 250s on here. But let me tell you, me betting plus 250s around that corridor in hockey this year, I have cleaned up because how the hell can they ever lose to them? And the reason is every plus 250 bet I make in hockey, it should maybe be plus 200, plus 175, right? I still think the team's going to lose over over the course of time. But when you get a plus 250 and it should be plus 200, that's a big enough gap to where, man, we're going to have a good bet, a very good bet if you replay that over and over. So... Short term, I love what's happening. You know, um, I don't want to criticize anyone or sound pejorative, but the amount of money going in in these same game parlays and bad bets in the market makes things easier for me. It certainly does. That's why we've seen some of these bettors from the UK and Japan and 
Germany and wherever. They're all coming over to the American market because there's so much bad money in the American market. There's that that provides inherently, by definition, more good opportunities. Now, this is less common in the NFL. Okay, the NFL, even the NBA, those are sharp, uh, very very liquid markets. It's you're not going to get much public money driving a minus three to a minus five in the NBA and then it gets hammered back, right? It just doesn't happen. But other sports and other situations, you certainly can find that. And I think a lot of the people coming over from the UK are betting soccer, things like that, because I'll tell you firsthand, that's a soft, soft market in the United States. So short term, it's a good thing for pros with the, with all the uh, public money in the market. Now, long term, I'm not so sure because if sports books collectively in the United States keep making eight, nine, ten billion dollars every year, what incentive do they have to keep things at minus one ten? Right? I mean, I'm I'm ter- I'm honestly terrified of what the future of sports betting could mean because the margins I work with are so thin. If every sports book in the country decides to now go to minus one twenty or even God forbid minus one twenty five, minus one thirty, I would be priced out of a job. Right. The margins are literally that thin to where I can go from making a living, not just winning, making a living to being a break even sports better at a price increase of 10 to 15 cents. So, you know, the the and and look, we talk about price sensitivity on here and I see it firsthand. The thing that sucks is I do another show called College Football Tailgate and my co-hosts on there. They're very smart people, smart football fans. They know what they're talking about when it comes to sports. But like everyone else, they can't help themselves but make that lottery parlay where they bet 10 to win 500 or whatever it is, right? The issue with that is when I see these, you know, good, smart people making these parlays, they're just fucking throwing legs in there. They don't care whether it's Alabama, you know, minus six and a half at minus 110 or minus 120 or minus 150 or whatever. They're just going to throw it in there because they're making a 10 team parlay. So if price sensitivity goes down and all of you out there are going to keep make, keep making those same 10 leg bets you're always making, what incentives do the markets have to keep the prices high? I mean, that's simple to supply and demand. When there's all that money going in and all these bad bets, why would people keep doing that? Think about a restaurant. Think about your local Chili's, right? If local Chili's starts charging 50 bucks for wings and they keep selling wings and maybe even they're selling more wings, what incentives does the owner have to go, all right, let's bring the price back down. He's going to go, well, they're paying 50 bucks for wings. Let's keep it here. You know, why, why lower the price? So until everyone out there stops making bad bets, yeah, the future of sports betting is going to be bleak because the price are going to be adjusted into the ability or to, to a, a corridor to where no one has the ability to win. You know, right now, sports betting is one of the few things you can actually win in in a casino. You go to Las Vegas right now, go to the MGM. Unless you're counting cards in blackjack, which is very risky because you can get kicked out like that. The only thing you can walk into the casino and win in is sports betting. And the reason is the minus 110 provides them a cushion, but not enough of a cushion to win long term for people who know what they're doing. I mean, there's a lot of pro sports bettors out there for this reason. I didn't know when I first started doing this seven years ago how prevalent sports betting was because... You know, you don't have to like get a degree. You don't have to get a certificate. You don't have to get certified. You just one day kind of decide to be a sports better, right? And so when I started doing this seven years ago, I thought there were there was nobody out there. But social media has shown there's a lot of people out there. And I'm not sure how many of them are legitimate, but it's a lot more than I thought regardless. I mean, even in Denver, Colorado, there's like five to 10 prominent sports betters in Denver who are pros. The reason they can all do what they're doing is because minus 110 is powerful, but it's not powerful enough. We can still find an edge long term to where I can make a living doing this, right? Minus 120, though, minus 125 tells a different story. 
Because right now, if I end a year going 55%, that's a very, very, very good year. And as we've talked about before, it's actually better to go 55% than it is 60% because of the amount of 55%ers out there compared to 60%ers. You're just going to have more volume and a lot more money at the end of the year, despite the lower winning percentage. So with that, the takeaway should be, okay, you're working with about a two and a half percent advantage. That's more than enough to get the job done to make enough money. But if lines suddenly move to minus 120, okay, let's just pretend minus 110 is not the norm anymore. And now it's minus 120 and minus 120 okay, on each side. That jacks up the break-even percentage enough to where that almost completely wipes out all of the money that you would make. I mean, it, what it does is the break-even percentage for minus 110 is 52.38%. Okay, so if we're hitting 55%, that's a good chunk in between the break-even, right? 52.4 to 55. So that's 2.6%. That's great. The break-even percentage from minus 120 goes all the way up to 54.55%. It's 54.5%. That's a 2% increase. That pretty much wipes out every edge we're working with. We now go from having about a 2.6, 2.5% advantage to about a 0.5% advantage just from moving from minus 110 to minus 120. Now, it may not seem like that's a very big move, but what you can do for yourself, if you want to go check this for yourself, go to the Action Network uh, betting odds calculator, and you can just type it in and see for yourself the changes. But we've talked about this before. The closer you are to plus 100 or minus 100, whatever, is those numbers are more impactful. So if you move from minus 105 to minus 110, that's only a five cent move. But that is so much more powerful than moving from minus 850 to minus 855. You see what I'm saying? Those are both five cent moves. One of them, the minus 105 to minus 110 is a big move in terms of percentages, right? The 850 to 855 is nothing. So Cents are created differently. They're not all worth the same amount depending on where you're moving from. So minus 110 and minus 120, if that happens, I know this sounds dramatic, that would essentially price me out of a job, okay? Because I, that would get rid of all the little edges that I have. Winning in sports betting, from my point of view, is very much like winning from the casino, their point of view, when we're playing like blackjack or roulette or craps or whatever, right? If we sit down and play craps, the house has like a 2% household, maybe like 3%, okay? Well, what kind of an edge do we have over the house in sports betting? About a 2 2.5% edge. You know, by the way, blackjack, if you play perfect strategy blackjack, the house has like under a 1% advantage against you. So me against the sports books, it's about three times better than blackjack against me if I'm playing well. Think about that, right? We, we're working with a, a good margins over here, but those margins can be erased like that if sportsbooks suddenly collectively decide to go from 110 to minus 120. May not seem like it, but that's a, a huge move. So, all right, we got a few extra things in there. Appreciate you listening. I know it was a little rambly, a little math, but hey, we like talking about all the stuff on here, and sometimes that's going to happen. But appreciate you listening. Stay tuned this week. Plenty of picks coming up. Uh, good luck, whatever you have going on tonight. Hope you catch some winners. We'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Betting Daily. Daily.